and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we look at the next episode in Series 7, Part 2 of Doctor Who, Cold War. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about this one. Really? Yes, I am, actually. Yes. Uh. Lots to talk about in this one. Um, Okay, let's have some news first, shall we? Let's have some news. Now, um, going back to uh, last week's episode... um, which is, uh, now, I think we, we were mispronouncing this episode last week, weren't we? Yes. I think, I think it's actually, um, everyone else has been pronouncing it as the Rings of Akaton. We were saying the Rings of Akaton um, all the way through. Well, obviously, we didn't pay enough attention to the episode itself, did we? No. No. So We should have tried singing it. Maybe we should, actually. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> Christ, no. Um, yes, now, the um, Audience Appreciation Index uh, for this episode was 84 which yeah. has been lower than recent episodes. Yeah, now it did tend to get a little bit of a... A, a lot of negativity, this one, didn't it? It did. I don't know. I just, I just think people... I mean, from, from, other, from other podcasts on Twitter, and I mean, a lot of people really didn't like it. I think it just was one of those ones you just had to switch off, sit back, and let it just go. Yeah. I think and you might have enjoyed it. I think, as we said, but... Yeah, if you didn't, then it really did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Annoying. yeah. That's it. I mean, we didn't particularly like it at all, to be honest. There, there no. was there were some good bits in it, but it was a little bit. It was all meh. It was, it was all a lot of nothing, really. Yeah. Um, whereas the one before, everyone like the first episode, Bill St. John, everybody raves about, and we hated. Yeah. You know, so um, well, that, well, that, I, that, I, I hated somebody, it anyway. So somebody who's watched that at at work. Hmm. <laughs> probably did watch it at work as well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody at work who watched it mm. um, thought it was really, really good. And so I said to him, have you seen Idiot's Lantern? Yeah. And he goes, oh, no, I must have missed that one. <laughs> so that may well be where the dividing line sometimes mm. is with that. Yeah, I think you could be right there, actually. Or just people have just forgotten about the Idiot's Lantern. Yeah. Um, and the other episode we mentioned, which I can't remember now because I've tried to wipe it from my mind. But, um, now, actually, talking of the Bells of St. John, the official ratings have now been released as well, and it got a final rating of 8.44 million viewers, which is pretty yeah. pretty respectable, actually. Yeah. It really is. It's the, um, it's the highest that the series has received so far, if you don't include the Christmas specials, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's bloody good. That is really bloody good. Now, this also contradicts something as as usual. Um, there was an article running the Sun this week, wasn't there? Yeah. Of you know, now, the, the falling ratings of Doctor Who and how bosses are worried. Yes, indeed. Um, the point is, the second episode always gets less than the first. Yes, it the, does. The current series. Yeah, it's a fact of life. Everybody tunes in for the series opener, and the second episode. There's always a drop off in audience figures, plus the yeah. fact the weather was a little bit better last weekend yeah. as well. <laughs> you finally saw the sun for the oh, first no. time of the year. <laughs> so you know they're just the overnight People figures. People get to go down and lie in darkened rooms, turn the telly off. <laughs> well, the other thing that they did, uh, the sun, they obviously just sort of trolled around Twitter and uh, sort of various forums and just picked up on all the negative comments. Now, a lot of people did say, and a lot of other podcasts did say, it was a boring episode, they didn't particularly like it at all, but a lot of people did like it. Yeah. And I think the people that liked it, I think, kind of did outweigh the people that didn't, just about. 
I haven't conducted any sort of poll myself. <laughs> no, or I think that the ones that the things I've listened to, they all pretty much said more or less the same what we said last week. It was all a bit, a lot of nothing. Yeah, there were some good bits in it, but I think a lot of people had a problem with the ending with the leaf, like we yeah. did. You know, I think yeah. everyone had come to the same conclusion. But yeah, but I mean, a lot of people did find it boring. But I mean, the, the way the you know the sun paints this picture, it's like everybody hated it. Um, it's the worst episode ever. No, there is a lot worse than that. You know, yeah, f- fear her for a start. The yes. pa- the power of crow for another. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, but as you we expected from the sun, there we expected from from all the tabloids. They just want to latch onto something and say the show's in trouble. Yeah, don't know why. Really, don't know why. I mean, I mean as we were saying before, and their 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 big news today was that well. This week has been the next. The next day was that um, Kate Bush has got older. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's just yes. <laughs> was it a shocking? We to... Was it a shocking expose? <laughs> it probably was for them. Yes. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! That, oh, it's just like a comic. It really is just like a comic. Yeah. Now, actually, following on from this little discussion about the last two episodes, we got some feedback, didn't we? Yes. Yes, at last we've got some feedback. Um, now, it's from um, a guy called Chris uh, Chris Ralton. Hello, Chris. Thanks for contacting us again. Um, now, I'll say again, um, Chris has emailed us before in the past, but we're actually saving his um, his previous email until we get to the end of our Series 3 retrospective. Yes. Because uh, it's all about Martha. So we're just... Uh, so we're hanging back on that one. So don't worry, Chris. We will, uh, we, we, we will be uh, getting around to that one eventually. Um but anyway, Chris writes to us and he says, uh, hello again, still enjoying the podcast and they make a great accompaniment to the new part series. Um, well, thanks very much, all I can say. Yes. <laughs> um, find myself being one of those who sees the two episodes the, the other way round to you guys. Okay, right, he goes on. The Bells of St John may have been treading some old ground, but it was pacey, funny and was a fun ride. It had some issues fitting with continuity, but worked very well as a self-contained episode and had some very clever and well-made sequences. It probably also helped that I was very nervous about the episode following the release of the poster showing the Doctor and Clara riding down the shard on the motorcycle. The small amount to which the bike was used was a massive relief. I also love a bit of Moffat misdirection when it comes to episode titles. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we, we yeah that's yeah yeah I think we mentioned that um, as well. The same thing was Let's Kill Hitler as well, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Now, he goes on. The rings of a- um, Akaton, or Akatan, <laughs> Akaton, Akatan. Uh, can, can, can he sort of give us a little pronunciation bit in there for us? Yeah, yeah Chris, <laughs> can, can you write this phonetically for us, please? Yeah. We're from South East London. We don't talk proper, do we? <laughs> uh, right, the rings of Akatan, whilst not terrible and quite enjoyable if you let it be, does have some flaws, a few of which I know you highlighted. Its pacing is funny. The alarm clock makes no sense. The TARDIS translator decides not to work on some species, unless it didn't work at all and the Queen of Year spoke English. There is somehow breathable air in the vacuum of space. The sun disappears and everyone doesn't instantly freeze. The doctor, doctor doesn't think of his bow tie as currency, although we saw from the trailers that at least part of a future episode he goes without it. The special effects and background imagery are fantastic for some parts when they arrive and clunky in others travelling on the space bike. The leaf has changed tree species from the Bells of St. John, and there are several notable examples of Deus Ex Machina, of which we also, that's what we discussed yeah. as well. We, we thought exactly the, self, yeah, exactly the same thing. He goes on, There are two problems I have above and beyond these, though. The first is what you mentioned with the leaf. 
the pen example, uh, if you remember what we did last week, um, I said about the uh, offering up the, the, the pentagram father. Yes. It's no different to the leaf. Oh, okay. So the pen example was a wonderful way of showing the potential of all items, although I'm guessing that the pen didn't have the sentimental connection of introducing your parents to each other. Oh, that's where he's wrong, though, because wasn't that the one that your dad wrote his Lonely Hearts column with? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He actually wore the nib out. <laughs> <laughs> and then decided he needed to write to a Lonely Hearts That's column. Fanar, <laughs> fanar. Okay, uh, it goes on. The problem is that whilst the leaf was representative of the human years of a life that has never lived, the Doctor has a great more, many more years filled with a great deal more possibility. But that somehow the direct taking from the Doctor was less of a feast than the idea of, of the same from the leaf. That's a very good point. Yeah. A very good point. Um, which I think everyone just said the whole ending was a complete mess. So it really was. But anyway, Chris continues. The second idea is one which, unfortunately, will bundle me in with a bunch of Doctor Who fans that complain disproportionately about little things. Welcome to our world, Chris, is all I'm going to say. Um, There was far too little explanation to the central concepts of this episode for it to be recognisable as science fiction, let alone specifically Doctor Who. The existence of the old god is never explained to be anything other than that. The vampire alarm clock was never explained. The mystical singer was never given a scientific reason and the central construct of feeding of uh, sentiment makes no sense and had no attempt at explanation. I'm not quite old enough to experience Tom Baker on the first run, born in 1981, but I was introduced to Doctor Who by my mum, who was a big fan, and through watching cla- uh, classic series you get a feeling of how important science and rationality are to the show. It's almost like it's another Scooby-Doo. There are no ghosts or ghouls, only fairground owners in masks. That's a good analogy, actually. Yeah. Um, the rings of Akatan failed in this and took the show into a realm of fantasy that didn't really match the rest of 50 years of continuity. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's a good point. It was, all, it, was, it was very fantastical, and which is something Doctor Who's never done. No. Unless you, well, count, unless you count End of Time. Yes. Yeah, with its so certainly never did in the classics. Though. No, no, <laughs> never had potions, did it? Um, no. So okay, he continues. Uh, that makes it sound very much that like I didn't enjoy the Rings of Akatan. No, said it again, Akatan. Um, I did. I've enjoyed every episode so far of series seven, and count this as one of my favourite Who series, even though it's only half done. It just doesn't reach the same heights as something like a Son of the Daleks or the Snowmen. Okay, yeah. now. Um, it also says, uh, I think one of the problems with both episodes, though, is how this irrit- iteration of Clara is. Irritation of Clara, as you're going to say. <laughs> I was going to irritation of Clara. Um, having someone who is new, but that we are required to distinguish from two very similar previous characters, means that we're spending an above-average amount of time on character development, with the actual stories of these two episodes only acting as a backdrop. Yeah, Much I agree with that. Yeah. Certainly, in the, the, the last episode was... That was the case. Yeah, yeah. It's in much the same way, The Beast Below was just a whole episode of character development for both the new Doctor and the new companion. And he says, for the record, I'll always love uh, The Beast Below for Matt Smith's sixth Doctor moment near the end. He says, as a final aside from this, I was just on your website and saw your tweets and set pitch- about set pictures from the 50th anniversary. I couldn't agree more. I prefer to watch my Doctor in a state of happy bliss and not having details about episodes until I see them on screen 
makes the whole experience that much more enjoyable. It's because of this that I find myself now rarely ever going on Twitter and have stopped reading Doctor Who magazine, the biggest repository of spoiler mankind has ever created. Looking forward to both Cold War and seeing the, what the podcast community has made of it. Kind regards, Chris Ralton. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, that, that does lead into, into the next bit. Yes. Um, about these um, tweets about the 50th anniversary. Yeah. She got quite angry about it. I did get quite angry about it, actually. And I personally think w- 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 with good reason, to yeah. be honest. Oh, right. How I look at my tweets doesn't actually show me the photos unless I actually click through into them. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so using... So I'm okay with it because it, I just ignored them. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm using um, a, an app on my iPhone called Tweetbot, and, and that does display the, the photos. Okay, now, I know I didn't click on the photos, but some of them were so obvious of what they were. Yeah. And certain people were also describing what was happening. Now, these photographs have now made it into the papers anyway, so you've, you've probably seen them. But in case you you've, haven't seen them, I'm not going to say what they were. And the BBC have put up little, yeah. put up pictures on the website and little video bits of the yeah. of what they were there as well. That's it. Now, but, in case people don't know what this was, they were filming in Trafalgar Square during the week. Oh, don't spoil it for people. <laughs> um, that's all I'm going to say. They were filming in Trafalgar Square. Um, obviously, a lot of people there taking photos and immediately tweeting them, which I must admit I did get quite annoyed with. Yeah. To be honest, I think it just shows a lack of. Well, lack of respect for people who don't want to have uh, see spoilers. Now, okay, you can quickly just scroll through it without looking at the photographs. But as I said, they were describing what was happening yeah. d- during the scene as it was being filmed, and that really wasn't on. And I did get quite angry, and I've now unfollowed those people. It was, wasn't called for. It really wasn't oh, called if for. If I'd known that's what I had, all I had to do was tweet a few photos. <laughs> I could just stop recording now if you like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, so that that really did annoy me. That really did annoy me. That um, and put, and I don't want the fiftieth anniversary spot. I want I want to go into this episode in November knowing absolutely hardly anything look about of it. Look at wonderment in your eyes. I do. Yes. <laughs> I do. I know. You know. I know. They've they said what actors fidgeting nervously on the sofa. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, you know. If it's officially released photographs, like the one of the Zygon, we know yeah. they're going to be in the 50th. They've made cast announcements. I thought you just wasted one and ruined it for millions oh, no. of people. Well, we mentioned it last week anyway. So, um, but, you know. I was going to say, you just ruined it for millions of people, yeah, because that's what our listenership is. <laughs> I think you might be exaggerating a bit there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, it just really annoyed me. And if people don't like it, well, tough, really, to be honest. Mm. I, I, I think it's just it's just not on. It's like the unwritten rule. You don't post spoilers on any forums or anything unless you put it in a in a, a spoiler specific thread. Yeah, I mean it could have been done that they just had links to the they uploaded the photos and then just put links to the photos that wasn't mm. gonna actually But some people them. Well, some people were just retweeting the original tweets. Yeah. And some people just get so excited. Because Doctor Who's like filming just around the corner from or whatever, and and there were some other people who were taking photographs and tweeting, but they were doing it responsibly and taking photographs or only tweeting photographs between between scenes. So it might yeah. be Matt Smith signing an autograph or something. Yeah, 
you know, in between takes. Fine. No problem with that at all. But when they're actually taking photographs of stuff being filmed... Yeah. Sorry, no, that, that really isn't on. That really isn't on. So, anyway, enough about me whinging. <laughs> well, no, 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 if we, we say that, then there's no podcast, is there? That's true, yeah. <laughs> I'm the, the most miserable podcaster on the planet. I've got that reputation to uphold, really, haven't I? Yes. So, um, now, okay, this actually um, now goes on to a bit more 50th anniversary news. Um, Gemma Redgrave yes. returns, doesn't she? Yes, and we're, we're just going to tell people that as well, are we? <laughs> yeah, we are. It's, it's, that's official news, that one. So the BBC has yeah. an official BBC announcement, so that, that's not really spoiler material. Um, Jim Redgrave will be back as Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, which I'm pleased about. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's, it, it's the 50th anniversary one, and if you can't have the Brigadier, then at least it gives him a nod to it, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm just really pleased. I'm just really pleased. Now, um, the other... A bit of uh, 50th anniversary news. The um, classic doctors. Now everyone's sort of hoping the classic doctors will somehow turn up in this uh, in this 50th anniversary special, even though they've all denied it and saying they haven't been contacted, etc., etc. Uh, Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker, and Paul McGann were interviewed on, which I, believe, I think is it's on Channel Nine Australia. It must be one of their breakfast TV shows. Yeah, and they were asked about the 50th anniversary. And uh, Swiss McCall replied that um, they want to do it, uh, the fans want them to do it, but the producers don't want them to do it. And that does sound pretty final, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I still, it, I still, I still, it's maybe more hope than judgment mm, now. Because the, um, the, Colin Baker went to said, well, you know, they're filming it now and we're sitting here in Australia talking to you. Yeah, but, that, yeah. but they could still do voice parts for it. Oh, they could do. Which could be. We've got five months. Yeah, so seven months. But I mean, I mean, to go. but I mean, give Colin Baker his due. He did say that you know it would be pretty difficult for him to do it now because he said he looks nothing like he did thirty years ago. Yeah, which is why yeah. they could do it as a voice thing. Yeah, exactly. They could have their voices coming out of the ether, whatever. Yeah, couldn't I mean, they? I mean, Paul McGann could still do it. Yeah, oh, that that's the one I don't understand why they haven't asked to come back. Mm. Because it actually doesn't matter how much he ages, because we've never seen him regenerate. Yeah, precisely. So we don't know how old his doctor was when he regenerated. No. He could have been grey hair and whatever. Yeah, so he would have been perfect for that. But, yeah. um, I mean, it's a, it's a shame that I mean, if they're only going to do sort of 2005 onwards with regard to Doctor Who actors, okay, Eccleston's not doing it. But if he had, I suppose you could say this would be like this century's three doctors, wouldn't it? Yeah, which I think would have been quite good had he done it. But I would have thought, in in place of him, surely I mean you know get McGann, not you know surely not just Tennant. But as you yeah. say, we don't we don't really know, do we? It could just we be don't know. We smoke don't know and what mirrors, the story is. Yeah. yeah, we don't know what the story is until we know what the until we've seen it. We just don't know, do we? No, nah, that's right. That's right. Now, um, another thing we actually sort of didn't sort of mention last week was um, Warris Hussein was recently. Um, interviews. Uh, I think it was on for a, a, a prime Radio Four called the Reunion. Yeah, um, last Sunday. Yeah, that's it. Still available? No, oh. probably. Well, if you feel very quick, it might still be available on iPlayer. It might be. Yeah. Um, but you'd have had to have downloaded this and listened to it straight away. That's it. <laughs> now he said that um, basically what, what it was all about. It's um, interviews with people who are involved in great historical moments. Yeah. Uh, basically, to share their sort of. Their memories on those dates, and obviously, um, 
and Unearthly Child was selected because it was obviously the, the very first episode of Doctor Who. Yes. Um, now, during that, Worse was saying has said that... Um, Although Peter Purvis was on there as well. He was on it as well. Um, <laughs> now, what Worse was saying wanted to say that basically he said that Doctor Who is just... Um, become too sexy he doesn't he doesn't uh, he and doesn't, we're complaining are we <laughs> yeah he doesn't like it now this is a, 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 a sort of paraphrasing he said sort of quote from the interview he said there is an element now and i know we're living in a different era of sexuality that has crept in we just had a recent rebirth another girl has joined us a companion she actually snogged him well that's gone back to billy piper in the show's defense really yeah that, i mean that was in um part of the ways but then he said he, he reckons that doctor well, i suppose she did in um the snowman as well, didn't she? Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah, but Amy's done it. I think yeah. that, uh, Donna has, but that's for not a romantic reason. No, um, I mean, we've said this before, don't we? They always every every, every companion, companion gets the kiss, don't they? That they can put in the trailers. Yeah, even Captain Jack. Yes, even Captain Jack. But there you go. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the way it is now. You know, I know some fans don't like it. I think they do overdo it a bit more now that every companion must do it. It must be, must be nice to do something a bit different. But anyway, um, he also goes to say he reckons they've removed some of the mysteries surrounding um, sort of the alien nature of the Doctor. So he says the, re- the intriguing thing about the original Doctor was that he never quite knew about him and there was a mystery and an unavailability about him. Why bring in this sexual element when in fact you, you needn't have it there? Now, Peter Purvis... Um, who, as you just said, was also on the show, he totally agreed with um, Boris Hussain. Yeah. And he reckons that the show's now just become too complicated. He said, uh, the original series was so simple, they were very straightforward, nice linear stories that one could follow. Um, I'd agree with that to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, we, the, we've had the... Well, this goes back to the whole conversation of whether you want a story arc or not, doesn't it, really? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I must admit, I wouldn't mind just to see some simple... Stories with no story arc and no, and again, just have take the focus away from the companion as well. Yeah, that that's one of the things that now begin to slightly. I mean, maybe we should save for another episode because this news items have dragged on a little bit actually. Yeah. But, um, maybe we'll save that for for another another episode. But um, but also on this show, Caroline Ford was on there as well, and she spoke about how they were because um, all going to be depicting the adventure in space and time docudrama that's coming up as well. Yeah. Um, now she also reckoned that uh, Doctor Who sort of killed her career. Um, yeah, because what could you remember her for otherwise? I can't, to be honest. I really can't. Yeah, maybe it has. I don't. Maybe show, it I, did. I, I mean, maybe it did. It does. I mean, there's the, but there's been people that have managed to survive it. I mean, Peter Purvis. Yeah. Pretty much went out. Is now no. Nobody would necessarily even think of him as, as Doctor Who. No, they were now, so, so certainly not with, the um, first. Well, Blue Peter's what I associated yeah. him with. I mean, yeah. he, when he was in Doctor Who, it's before I was born. Mm. You know, so yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it, I think it's that it's that age, different age group thing again, isn't it? I, I can probably see where the Saints coming from. That's not what they set the show out to do at, at the beginning. Yeah, and it's and it. It's got to move with the times. I think if it, if it stayed the same, then well, would Doctor have have, have lasted? It didn't. No. I mean, it didn't survive the eighties. It got cancelled in the eighties, and it yeah. came back. And I think if they tried to do the same thing they were doing in the eighties, I don't think the show would have lasted beyond two series. But but it, the classic had a succession of beautiful, attractive actresses playing companions, didn't it? They did, but there was no. But there was no. 
sexual tension between the companion and the doctor. No, but hmm. <laughs> there just was between those and the teenage boys watching. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, and that, it's just that thing that because the doctor was treated more alien then. Yes, um, especially when you look at someone like Tom Baker. You know, the really a very very alien quality about his portrayal of the doctor, um, which I don't think any other actor has sort of really captured again. To be maybe Matt, I think Matt Smith has now and again. Yes, um, but when you get to say like Tennant's Doctor, far too human. Yeah, way way too human. So, um, which I probably think why a lot of I don't know a lot of people like him for that. But I think that's probably why he was probably the most successful Doctor because he they were, he, he was human. More than any other doctor, don't know. Yeah, don't know. But uh, I, I, I think that's probably a, a, a conversation for another another point. Another, yeah. another day, really, isn't it? So, okay. Well, um, moving on from um, the sexy world of Doctor Who uh, news, we're now going to move on to the positively thrusting world of Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets. Yeah, so we've got one item of um, in Omega's Tat Corner this week, and. Um, well, I've sent you the link to this, haven't I, Paul? And um, yes. do you ever find yourself wishing that you could own a sort of really classy fob watch? Yes. Yeah, you've you've always anchored after one, haven't you? And, and, you've always... and, I've, and I've always wanted the time to be ten, the Troughton past tenant as well. Well, well, Paul, you're not going to believe this. Your dreams have come true. Can you believe this? Right? <sighs> it's just been announced. There's a special edition of the Masters fob watch in silver. That features all eleven doctors and the doll to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary. Ah, oh, well, there you go. Well, it's now just what you need. Oh dear. Now, um, this, this is a class item. When you um, open up the fob watch, which has got the Gallifreyan symbols engraved on it, when you look at the um, the uh, the watch face, um, basically it's all eleven doctors in silhouette. Yes. Um, at the sort of. Instead of numbers. Instead of numbers, instead of like the uh, one past the hour, two past the hour, you've got Hartnell past the hour, Troughton past the hour, Pertwee past the hour. So, as Paul said... Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Dear, there's a frightening thought, Pertwee past the hour. Pertwee past the hour, exactly. It's the Pertwee hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's... <laughs> It's, it's one ten to Pertwee. <laughs> it's one minute past Eccleston. It's <laughs> <laughs> now um, this watch will be available from uh, Amazon, Forbidden Planet, Character Online, and the BBC Shop. Um, now, there's no official price given at the moment, but uh, there's no full details um, on the news on because we're we're recording our news a little bit early this week. Um, so uh, the retail price reckons between thirty five to forty pounds. Yes. Hmm. Mm. So there you go. So if you, if you want that, keep a lookout for that, folks. Uh, yes. m- maybe we'll um, mention it again. Nah, nah sod it. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> sod it. Okay, then, folks. Um, I think that about wraps up the news for this week, doesn't it? Yes, yes. We've, yeah. we've, def- we've, we've got to a fifth doctor, so I think we need to stop. There. I think we need to stop there. Yes. So it, yes, it is now. Um, <laughs> it's it's ten to ten, and. So, for another week, then, that was the news. Okay, then, it's time to talk about the next episode in the series of Doctor Who, and that's Cold War. Even if a missile did get launched, that wouldn't be... it, would it? It. End of the world, game over, I mean... 
What if they fired him on by accident? What would happen then? Well, I told you, Clara, Earth is like a storm waiting to break right now, both sides baring their teeth, talking up war. It would only take one tiny spark. Yeah, but the world didn't end in 1983, did it, or I wouldn't be here? New. History's in flux. It can be changed. Rewritten. Right, Paul. Um, I went first last week, didn't I? No, I think I did. Did you go first last week? Yes. Oh, right. It's my turn then, is it? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, I love this. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. Um, despite it being a very, very short episode. I was going to say, I was actually going to turn around and say, I had a big problem with this episode. Really? And that was just, it was too short. It was too short, yeah. I could have had four episodes of 25 minutes of this. Yeah, same here. Same here. I I thought it was, um, it was paced right. The acting was great. I like the fact that the Doctor... Just stumbled into a, a, a situation, yeah. In the, right in the middle of it as well. I loved the 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 ice warrior as how it was used was brilliant. Um, and we and we got a prediction right as well. Yes, I, I did find myself cheering. Yes, and, <laughs> when, um, when when it disappeared out of the out of the, suit, the Yes, suit. We, we yes we did say and that. I, um, I don't get many. We don't get many right, do we? We don't. <laughs> we certainly don't. Um, so uh, you, you did actually, say, and your reason for thinking the we would see the um, the ice warrior out of his suit was because it was too difficult to move around inside a submarine. Yes, and you got that spot on. <laughs> yeah, it just made him. He'd need to be able to move quickly, and by taking it out of the suit, then they could just have a shadowy uh, creature there. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> excuse me, that's it. Um, yeah. Although I must admit, though, actually. The corridors were quite big, though, on that submarine. <laughs> well, nuclear subs are quite big, actually. They're not, they're not they're, if you go back to looking at something like Das Boot, um, yeah. which did depict the cramped lifestyle on board a German U-boat, that, that was factually correct. Um, I have been on a, on a submarine, uh, a, a non-nuclear one, uh, one of the smaller ones in the, in the fleet and the Royal Naval Fleet, and it is really, really cramped. Yeah. But the nuclear subs are massive. Right. So yeah, so that is a so they did get that right, really. They did sort of kind of get that right, but I I just love the way it was utilised. I really yeah. do. It was I like I like the fact that they they did sort of do away with the old hissing voice from the Ice Warriors of old. If you see what I mean. Yeah, I you, suppose. Yeah, I mean you could tell it was Nick Briggs doing the voice. Yeah. And. But he did get the on. He did overemphasize the s's in the right places as well. Get the, you know, get the hiss in the voice, but it wasn't like the whisper like it was before. No, I suppose they just felt that they I'm, didn't need to go that far. No, I mean, it was, no, it was a bit hard to understand them in the classic series. It was, yeah. Um, I think this it was a step in the right direction it, for me, anyway. Yeah. It really yeah. was. But um, I, I, I'm going to say my only disappointment with this. And that was the realization of the of the ice warrior out of its suit. Yeah, with the fact that its face was CGI, and it was a little bit of a "oh, is that it?" sort of thing. What really worked well was when you sort of got the, just the eyes in the shadows. Yeah, that. If they and kept, if they could have left it like that. Yeah, yeah. When when the helmet come off at the end, and you saw his face in all its glory. Um, yeah, it's it, probably it, too far, too much. It didn't need yeah, it. Yeah, if it was a practical effect. Yeah, it would have been fine. I think because it was CGI, it there was that sort of element of of un. It, it, how can I put it? It loses any realism it could have had. I've always yeah. I've always preferred practical effects to CGI where possible. Anyway, 
Yeah, and I, I just don't you know. think it needed it. I think you'd had the idea of it being the Ice Warrior out of his suit. Yeah. You'd had the the shadowy, almost you could make out the face, but really just the eyes. Yeah. And that effect, which really worked well. Yeah. At that point, and that's all it needed. Once he got back into the suit, that should have been it. Yeah. He was back in the suit. That's it. No, I, I, I thought that the, the use of the Ice Warrior was fantastic. I love, I love, I love the new suit design. I think it's brilliant, or or the updating of the suit because they haven't yeah. really changed the design at all. I thought there were good performances all round. I really did. Um, I think it's probably Mark Gates's best script since The Unquiet Dead. Yeah, I really do think that. Well, it gave him something that he likes doing, doesn't it? Which is sort of tension and horror. Well, not getting towards horror, isn't it? It's the uh, it's the yes, what's, then... what's lurking in the darkness. Isn't yeah, it, it was. Um, I think we, we've sort of mentioned on on the past two episodes where they've been sort of referencing other films and this one was definitely alien, you know, look, you want the sound effects of the, um, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Very, very predator. Yeah. Um, and he, even the fact of the, you thought actually at the end when he basically takes the mask off at the end. Yeah. You, you thought he was going to get the, um, I can't swear at this bit. No, no, we, <laughs> we don't swear on this podcast, but you, you know, you, you're one ugly mother. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was. Um, but I, I didn't mind because it it was done so well. Yes. Um, and obviously they were sort of making use of the fact that okay, they didn't have a to, to fully realise that um, Ice Warrior out of his um, out of his suit would have been like a full CGI creation. But which, yeah, it didn't. But it didn't it, need it, it exactly. You wanted, wanted it out of the shadows. People just being disappearing. Um, yeah, that, that was perfect. I mean, actually, yeah. As we said, the the biggest problem actually was when they did actually try to show him. Yeah, which kind of sort of let it down a little bit. Yeah, but but that's I mean to be quite honest, that's a very very for me anyway. It's a very minor quibble. The, the, any problems were actually more on the second viewing of it. <laughs> I certainly didn't detract from watching it at all. No, no. You not, started not when, at all. when you watched it the second time, and you thought actually I've got to think of what I'm going to say on this. Yeah. You started trying to pick holes in it rather than the holes actually being apparent. Yeah, that's it. Um, but that's the only one I can yeah. pick up on. I, I mean, honestly, that is the only one I can pick up on. Um, I, I just thought it was about one of the most perfect episodes of Doctor we've had in a long, long time. Yeah. And I bet you we're going to be out of sync with everyone else. I can't believe we will be. I <laughs> the famous last we, words. I know, we have been so far. Um, yeah. Maybe not too but, much last week, but sorry, um, how can anybody not like that episode? Oh no, um, I think the the other thing I liked about it it was it was quite it was gory without showing anything. Yeah, as as much as you can do on a Saturday night. Yeah, early Saturday night, and that was to so actually like, have the the thing about them talking about the the two officers being dismembered. Yeah, because all you saw Basically, was that hand sticking up from the bottom of the, the yeah. frame, the, the you know of the, of the, of the uh, picture, and. Yeah, it was. It was. And you knew exactly what that image was. Precisely, you didn't need anything. Yeah, and for me, that was going back to what Doctor Who used to be like. Yeah, and it's been a long time, I think, really, since anyone actually sort of, sort of properly died in Doctor Who. Yeah, if you see what I mean, it's sort of like you know, quite a a, you know, sort of a violent death. Yeah, the only only time we do get to see killing really is when sort of like the um, the Daleks are in it for argument's sake. Yeah. But it was sort of like, with, lately it's all been a little bit, well, you know, they've died. No, they haven't really. There's always been that sort of get out for them or they're resurrected somehow. 
you know, a different time stream or the the comeback as an Auton or you know something like that. Um, but th- now this time people died and died horribly. Yes, and I've got no problem with that. No, I've got no problem with that at all. You've got no problem with people dying. No, not at all. Um, but I did like the fact that I think I don't know if you if you thought the same thing, Paul was. Um, Gatis went back to that ambiguous nature of the Ice Warriors that they did in the first Peladon story, where you thought they were the bad guys. Yeah. And really they weren't. Because in this, they weren't... He wasn't the bad guy. He'd just been woken up and attacked. And hacked, yeah. Yeah. He was just... Effectively, disorientated, thought his people were dead. Yeah. They'd attacked him. And it was just like, well, if I'm going to die, then I might as well take you with me if you're going to, if you don't like me. Yeah, that's it. Um, and that, that was they said, you know, that Ice Warrior code: you attack one, you attack them all. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was great. But and at the end, you had the Doctor when uh, Scale that got sort of beamed up back to his ship. You had that thing: the Doctor going, "I'll oh, come and be merciful, be merciful," and he was. Yeah, and I think it's it set them up as well. It was such a good ending as well because it set them up that they can come back now and it's not going to be obvious what the situation is that they can come back in, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It's left... They're not necessarily the Doctor's enemies. Now, there was um, there was one thing I picked up on, I thought, and, it, and it, again, it was... Again, it was another Mark Gatiss script. It was referenced in another episode. Victory of the Daleks. The bit when Amy um, sort of convinces they... that that. I can't remember the character's name now. I know the actor Bill Patterson. Yeah. I can't remember the, the character's name. But anyway, when he was like a bomb about to go off and shit. Go off. Yeah. And she, him to, to, to hang on to the humanity. Yeah. Clara was doing the same thing to Skaldak, more or less, when reminding yeah. him about his daughter and, and all that. And very, very similar. But I, for once, I didn't actually mind it. No, it wasn't that. It didn't leave you that this was out of place in the story or. No, because it was actually referencing a conversation that Clara was part of. Yes. You know, so it, it wasn't something that sort of plucked out of the air like, like in Victory of the Daleks. Where it just and, sort of, and, the, you know, and the first thing, if you coming re- him coming out of that and realising that he's been in the ice for 5,000 years, the first thought would be that, oh, everyone in my family's now dead. Yeah. I've missed everything in the, my family's life. Yeah. And I, I, I thought that was great. I really think that was great. Yeah, I just can't. I mean, I mean, I've been waxing lyrical, Paul. I mean, what about what about you? You know, no, totally. I mean, there was just it. Actually, also, this one was Matt Smith. I think's been sort of had the odd line and whatever. Mm. And this, I think, every line, every look from him was perfect as well. Yeah, even from the point where you first the first introduction to the Ice Warrior coming into the um, bridge of the ship. Yeah. Sub was pretty much the double take he gives when he realizes the ice warriors behind him. Behind him, yeah, that's right, yeah. No, and that the, you know, the, the it never rains line and whatever. Yeah, no, I just thought that going I... through all of that. I mean, there just wasn't, I don't think, a bad performance in this, as you've said. No, there and, wasn't. Uh, and every line was was perfect. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, David uh, Warner was great. Yeah, um, I. <laughs> Th- Which actually was, was was probably the hardest part to play because that could have come over. It was quite a wacky character, really. Yeah, because you had because obviously they're all like Russians. It's set during the Cold War, nineteen eighty three. Uh, he was listening to Ultravox. 
Mm. Um, and I just love that thing about when he, he was having that little conversation with Clara um, about, tell me, I must know what happens. You know, I can't think that he wants to know what happens in the future. Yeah. And all he wants to know is, is have Ultravox split up? Yeah. That's all he wanted to know. But but even there, you know, it's, he's sort of doing it because he's trying to put her at, uh, at ease. ease. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it was a very, it was a well-crafted character in the fact that you always got, he was slightly not really serious, but was actually the one that was, who knew what was going on and was saying the right things mm. at the right time. Excuse me, because this is sort of um, Clara's sort of first, well, field trip really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, as in, yeah. As the, in, fir- first, the first time when something's actually really going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. To them, not to someone else. Because last yeah. week's episode, they were trying to rescue someone else. Yeah. This was this, is, si- this was them in peril. Yeah. As opposed to... And I, think that was, and I think that was the problem with last week's episode. Nobody was really in peril. Not really. No, you never got the really... The, well, you, you never cared enough for the characters. No, you didn't. Last no, week, that's but... right. Um, and okay, I suppose this week you shouldn't do either. No. Because it was, it was shorter than last week. You were dropped in the middle of something. Yeah. As well. Um, the Doctor and Clara dropped in the, really dropped in the middle of something. But it didn't matter because it was... All the it, characters come fully formed in this. Yeah. Between the Captain... And he's first. Yeah, you, you had no real. Lieutenant, it was. Yeah, it, you it, had the. You, there was no exposition on the characters. You just knew from the fact that the, the captain was level-headed. Yeah. He didn't particularly want to start World War Three. Yeah. Um, but his first in commands was quite looking forward to it. Yes, gung ho. Yeah, very gung ho, and and you know, kill the the, the capitalist West. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, that that's all you needed to know. And they didn't try to bring in any other crew members. No. No, the tr- crew, crew members were just there to... They were red shirts, weren't they? <laughs> they were. Yeah, they were. they were just your red shirts. But, um, but that, that but didn't... actually, even, even the little one where... Even the bit where they're t- you've got the two talking and one of them saying, God, look, we're going to be famous. Mm. We're going to be the first people to have encountered and then bang, <laughs> gone. You're exactly, gone. yeah. I'd, I'd love that. I really love that. But again, it, it was sort of, I don't know, sort of like there was sort of trying to set up some other little double act there. Yeah. And, and this one you thought, oh, these two are going to sort of like carry on a little bit long. No, dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, both, both was, torn yeah, apart. Was, yeah, yeah. 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 When the bits that came, just everything came at just the right time, didn't it, in this? Yeah. Nothing, no scene went on too long, I no. don't think. No, I don't <laughs> think so either. I don't think so. I, I mean, I love the scene where Clara is in the room with the Ice Warrior, sort of talking for the Doctor. Yeah. I thought that was great. I really I thought it was a fantastic scene. And I just like the fact that she sort of... she was ed- You knew something was going to happen, she was edging closer. Yeah. To, she could see something wasn't right. And, you, you, I mean, I was sort of, when I watched it for the first time, I was sort of thinking, oh, something bad's going to happen yeah. here. And, and even the line then, you know. when, when she doesn't know what to say. Yeah. Um, the Ice Warrior says, Doctor, what, what, what should she say? Yeah. And you've got the uh, scientist like saying, "I think she, we think he wants to talk to the organ grinder." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, there was another good line from uh, David Warner as well when he um, he gives the doctor back his sonic screwdriver because he finds it on the floor. Yeah. All that time he's been sitting on the floor, um, and that doll. Yes. I wonder if that's going to have any future significance. 
Or is it just how quirky Matt Smith's Doctor is? It, or is this being shown, or is this sort of like a story later in their timeline? Because the, it seems to have jumped from Clara leaving the TARDIS at the end of last week's episode. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she's she's just there yeah. on, on a trip although, to Vegas. Although, although this, isn't, this is very obviously her first point of being... Uh, this is quite early in her time, though, because she's asking... When she when they when she's left with Doe Warren, she's saying about oh uh, you know was I okay yeah I did my bit okay didn't I yeah she was trying to reassure herself that she could cope with this yeah you know that this was something that she could do now I think, um, actually I think there's a, there's a theme we've been we so I haven't really picked up on over the last few weeks the fact that with Clara and again it harks back to the one we saw in the Snowmen as well this whole thing of like being like a not like a surrogate mother, but always like the the the, 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 nan, the nanny thing again. Yeah, the childminder thing, and again it was sort of like reminding Skaldak about his daughter and all. And it's all. Do you see what I mean? There's there's some, yeah. I think there's there's a theme going on here, but I can't quite figure out where it's leading to. And she was with the, the girl last week. Yeah, with the chap behind the TARDIS. And obviously, because in the in Bells and St John, she was like a childminder for that that family whose mother yeah. had died. Yeah, you know, so yeah, there's something, there's something going on there. I was certainly trying to show you that this is the same character. Yeah, there, there's very, there are uh, likenesses between the two more than just the face. Yeah, actually, go, actually going back to what I was saying about the um, David Warner, before I forget, another line he, he said when the when he gives the doctor back his um, sonic screwdriver and that doll, the doctor says, "Oh, I could kiss you." <laughs> oh, go on then. Oh, go on then. Yeah. No, yeah. if you insist, is what he says. Yeah, so, yeah. If you insist. Um, now, I don't know if that was meant to be, again, that was like the playful nature of the character or the character was gay, but you could take that either way, really, couldn't you? Yeah. You could read what you wanted just, into it. Yeah. yeah, that character was just was brilliant, just because there was something that wasn't quite right about him, but everything was actually... He, he seemed to be ahead of the game more than anybody. Mm. Well, the thing is, I like the fact that you know, David Warner's a bloody good actor. Yeah. And it's just the fact that usually when you see him in stuff, he's usually very, very serious. So I think the last thing I saw him was um, Kenneth Branagh's version of Wallander, and he played Wallander's father. And he was, like, suffering from Alzheimer's. Yeah. That. So it was quite a very serious and, and sort of sober role. And it was good to see him just having fun. And you, yeah. he was quite clearly having fun with this part, wasn't he? Yes. And it needed it. It did. I mean, it was, but like I say, it yeah. would have been so easy though to have put an over-the-top performance in on for that character, yeah, which would have then totally have ruined the drama to it. Well, I think the only character that quite, that could have gone over the top was the was the um, the first in command, yeah, but he was killed off before that could happen, yeah. And again, I think that was a good move. Mm. That was a very good move. You know, I thought uh, Liam Cunningham was great as the captain as well. Um, again, that wasn't over top. That was nicely played. And I, d- I don't know, it, it reminded me of some, something else. It sort of kind of reminded me of, um, it wasn't just the beards, but it reminded me of Bernard Hill in uh, Lord of the Rings as King Theoden. Yes. That, I know that, what you mean. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, that sort yes. of that presence. I, I, I've been trying to think what where it was. Well, that, that is it. Thank you. <laughs> Bloody hell, we're agreeing on a lot this week, aren't we? Crikey. I know. <laughs> odd. Oh, um, my my other slight problem with this. All right, okay. Um, 
sort of follows on from last week and our feedback bit on this was uh, last week's one was about the TARDIS translating. Yes, this week, perfect translation. Perfect translation, even though it's not there. Yes. Well, actually, you could, you could, what, I mean, as the influence of the TARDIS with regard to translating never been fully established, how close do you have to be to it? Because there's been plenty yeah. of stories where there have been nowhere near the TARDIS and still been able to translate. Yes. But this was, now, as you found out at the end of the episode, it was actually at the South Pole. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the other side of the world. Yeah. What, what, do yeah. You, what do you think of that uh, HADS system, the Hostile Action Displacement System? They're, they're really... They've had it before, haven't they? It have... is something that's come from a... I'm trying to think which one. Now, must I, know, I haven't had time to look that up. To be honest, now is it is something he, he tinkered with before and used in a long time? It, it's something from the classic series, and it's annoying me because I, it, I, I do know which episode. It's oh no, for. no, I, I didn't. I just couldn't sort of find. I, actually, I, was, I couldn't. Find, I just didn't have time to look anything up prior to, um, prior to recording. But um, yeah, I, I thought well, that's quite a good idea actually. But the. The, again, it goes back to something the Doctor said in um, The Bells and St. John. He said he doesn't take the TARDIS into battle. Yeah, we are getting slightly TARDIS light, aren't we, on our yeah. and episodes? Is this leading to something? Because he's now activated this system that takes the TARDIS out of peril. It's like the, the, the Doctor sort of realised that this is the only TARDIS left in existence. I'd better look after it a little bit more. Yeah. So maybe that's where that's heading. I, I don't know, but... But they do seem to be sort of doing that quite a bit now. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. I wonder whether it is just there is something that's going to happen later on where he re- nearly loses the TARDIS or whatever. It could be. Yeah, there could be something now. I don't know. I don't know. But um, oh well. I'm just trying to look up some stuff actually. Had system. Apparently, it's from. No, I've actually got some there. Apparently, I think it's from the Crotons. Right. I think that's where it's from. I know it's definitely. There has been mention of it. Yeah, yeah. Because I was sort of reading here on the on the uh, Tardis uh, wiki page, it's sort of like saying the Hads activate itself when two Zygons try to steal steal the Tardis from the, uh, from the body snatchers. Um, and after a particularly violent crash land, the Tardis used the Hads to move itself through time as well as space, appearing several days later uh, from something called the Dead of Winter. Right. So it appears we use more in in book form than in the written form than. Uh, than the, t- than the TV show. But it looks like it was using the Crotons. Right. It's, de- it's, it's definitely something that's been around yeah, and mentioned before. And I, I, just, I couldn't quite pin it down. And we suspect during the whole of our conversation now, people have been screaming at their... Oh, probably, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I was going to say radio, but obviously... <laughs> <laughs> we're on the radio. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You should have just said the well, wireless, the, the, the wireless, the wireless. Port. Yeah, now done with it. Yeah, on your, on your oh, radiogram, <laughs> on their crystal set. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the, I, I actually find this episode difficult to to talk about anymore because I like. We haven't got anything to talk no, about. No, exactly. It. I, I liked it so much. I really did. Yeah. I love this episode, and I will. I, I will watch it again and again. I'll gladly watch this episode again. Yeah. I really. I can't wait to watch it again. To be honest, I'm just trying to see if I picked up just to pick up anything else I might have missed. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely, it's one of those ones that you're going to come back to. Yeah, back to and come back to. Yeah, definitely. Have you got any, anything else to add, Paul? Because otherwise, we'll um, we'll rate it, shall we? 
No. I definitely think this is probably of the the newer series. This is the most that I think could have fitted into any any period of Doctor Who. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. Actually, yeah. It, it could. It felt. I don't know. It's difficult to describe because all Doctor Who is proper Doctor Who. But yeah. But this felt like proper Doctor Who, if you see what I mean. It this was, did it, take me back to my towards my childhood. It did. It was old school. Yeah. It was old school Doctor Who, and uh, please, can we have more more of this? Yeah. Please. And this may be where we differentiate between ourselves and the the rest of the watching population. <laughs> We're just old. I don't know. <laughs> you could be. You could be right. Maybe, maybe we're just sort of yearning for the for the past. For our a, youth. A, 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 <laughs> yeah, for our youth and my hair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think we we are probably just a little bit too cynical. Really, yes. and I mean, you know, there are other podcasts who have been, you know, around a lot longer than us, and they take the show for what it is now. I mean, so do we to a certain degree, but mm. I, th- I think. It's... Oh no, I mean, I'm yeah. not saying. Yeah, and I that, do think that that's... nothing that, ev- that everything old is better. No, no, and I know certainly, that certainly not. <laughs> no, I mean, I know I am. I can be overly critical, and I probably do look for things to whinge about in a lot of episodes, but. Um... Uh... Oh, no, I don't know who's told you that. <laughs> no, this is this is a self critique. This is, uh, but but um, <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah, not being overly critical. Now you turned on yourself. I have. Yeah, <laughs> you can't find anything to moan about in this episode. So now you've turned on yourself. I'm going to give myself a uh, a, a Sontaran rating now. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, it, just the fact if I don't like something, I'll I'll. I'll I'll point it out. There's no. Yes. I don't. I'm not one of these people who will just go and say everything's brilliant when it, if it's not, you're not being true, and it wouldn't be the point to, to podcasting. Then really, yeah, no. You know, there's no point just saying everything's brilliant. You know, mm. it's. Um, but on this occasion, though, it everything's was, brilliant. Everything's brilliant. <laughs> you know, everything's brilliant. Okay, I picked up a little bit on the CGI Ice Warrior at the end, but that's a minor niggle. It was used. Yeah. It was. Use very, very sparingly at the end. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. Um, I can... Actually, I think another thing... Quickly uh, before we saw another film it referenced was the old 1950s uh, War of the Worlds film when the um, when the uh, Martian is out... Again, Martians again. Um, yeah. Comes out of it. So maybe this was, this was intentional. When he... in the Remember in the... Have you seen the original film? Yes. Yeah. The bit when they're hiding in the house and the the creature puts its hands up on on the the woman's shoulders, that's exactly what it did to the to the first the number one basically. Yes, and it's, it was doing that. And I don't know if that was a, a reference again that it comes from Mars. Yeah, maybe that was that was a, a riff on uh, War of the Worlds. I'll be interested to see if anyone else thinks the same. Yeah, and you wouldn't put it past Mark Gatiss, would you? Today? No, I, t- I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't. So. Okay, shall we write this? Yeah, I don't. Well, t- 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 is is there any doubt? As any doubt? We're going to do. Let's go through the motions. Um, it's definitely, definitely getting a cyber leader from me. Excellent. And has to be the same from me. Excellent. Well, there you go. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> we're back on track. We're back on track. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't like not liking Doctor Who. No, I mean it, it. It does sort of make everything a bit pointless doing this if we if we actually 
not going to come on every week and just say we yeah. didn't like that. Um, I've got to, I've got to be perfectly honest. I was thinking during the week if I don't like this episode, should I just give up? Should I just give up? Yeah, <laughs> just, just just give up reviewing Doctor or even watching <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> you know, find him swinging from the ship. Like yes, in the kitchen. <laughs> he couldn't go on. <laughs> yeah, next um, next next week's show is just the, the sound of uh, a creaking rope <laughs> swinging. But no, it was um, no, it, it's just one of those things. That I was sort of thinking during the week, if all the episodes, I'm, I'm not going to like it anymore. If we got to the end of this series and we hadn't liked any episodes, yeah. you just start saying to yourself, "What is the point? Is, of this? Where where are we going?" Yeah, yeah and I, I was sort of thinking if if we're not going to like anything, then I think maybe it's time to stop podcasting and maybe it's time to stop watching Doctor Who. Yeah, because nobody really. really wants to hear us say... No, no, exactly. Like exactly. I think we, we probably do whinge a bit more than most podcasts, but... Yeah. You know, but that, no, that's... That's, 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 that's what fine. we do. That's what we do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But on this occasion, everything's rosy. Yes. Everything's come up rosy. So. Oh, we're now going to go and lace flowers into our hair and... Sit upon the rug and call each other sister. So, <laughs> so um, right, next week then, we'll be reviewing the next episode called Hide. Yes. Uh, let's hope it's in the same vein as this one. Yes. Um, <laughs> Very much, hopefully. Hopefully, yes. It looks interesting. It does, it certainly does. Unfortunately, it's written by the same person who wrote, who wrote The Rings of Ackerton. So, well, let, let, let's hope. Let's hope that this was the one he put all the effort into. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So, um, anyway, let, let's let's not worry about that yet. Let's worry no, about. Oh yes, week. don't don't bring it down at the end. Come on, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go out on such a happy, positive note. Let's go out on a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going back to last week's. We are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. Okay, then, folks. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Okay then, so for another week then, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk and please also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.